welcome to Cream of Caroline, America's most trusted casserole lifestyle podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Hatchett. Listeners, we are pivoting from our theme this week so that I can give you a glimpse of what's happening in the restaurant industry via a casserole-loving Texas chef. That's Chris Shepard. He changed his business model overnight, and now he and as many of his team members as possible are stocking HEB grocery stores with casseroles, among other take-home meals. Chris is also the founder of Southern Smoke Foundation, an organization that is at the forefront of direct relief for restaurant workers who've been laid off in this crisis. Chris's work and mine is inseparable right now. For the last few months, when I have not been podcasting or writing, I've been working with the Restaurant Workers Community Foundation. I joined the board of RWCF this summer because of our shared values. It advocates for gender equality, racial justice, fair wages, and healthy work environments in the restaurant industry. But on March 15th, RWCF launched a relief fund to help workers affected by the crisis, and half of the money we raise goes to Southern Smoke and straight into the hands of workers who need it most. The remaining funds will go to other nonprofits who are doing great work all across the country, as well as a zero-interest loan program to help restaurants get back up and running after the crisis is over whenever that's going to be. It has been a wild month, and I have been in awe of both the generosity shown toward the restaurant industry and the staggering need of a whole lot of people who do not have a safety net. But somehow, in all of this, casseroles are relevant, if not a side note, like a really small side note. But I'll take it, and I'll give you the creamiest episode I can in these not-so-creamy times. What's in the oven? So I made the most heinous dish in the history of dishes for this episode. These seemingly simple sausage stuffed onions found on page 103 of James Beard's 1955 casserole cookbook. According to its instructions, you peel and parboil onions for 20 minutes, remove their cores, stuff with sausage, and bake for 20 minutes. But of course, I did not leave enough time to cool the onions. I was busy and I was starving, so I burned my hands as I extracted not quite enough onion from the center so that there wasn't a big enough hole for the sausage stuffing, that's in air quotes, and really the sausage just sat on top. Then I accidentally turned off the oven after the first five minutes of cooking and had to bake them way longer than 20 minutes, even though, remember, I'm starving, and did I mention these were ugly? Listeners, you can skip this recipe, and is it even really a casserole, Mr. Beard? I'm not so sure. However, I did take four heaping servings of leftover potato salad. Uh, Turns out I only know how to make potato salad in bulk, and I put those leftovers into a pie dish, topped them with cheddar cheese, and baked it until hot and bubbly. And damn if those repurposed leftovers weren't glorious. And that's what's in the oven. Casseroles in the news. The casserole shop in Perry, Georgia, sells a variety of pre-made casseroles that can last up to two months in the freezer. Now, for every three casseroles ordered, the casserole shop is giving one to healthcare providers at Navicent Health or Houston Healthcare. In the first few weeks of April, they have given away 500 casseroles and expect to top 1,000 by the end of the month. News 9 in Oklahoma City sent out a hot 
tip for using leftover casseroles this week. Their on-air crew hollowed out button mushrooms, stuffed them with broccoli rice casserole and diced ham, rebanked, and enjoyed them as a refreshed main course. Thanks, News 9. And finally, we have casserole news all the way from Zimbabwe. The news outlet iHarare is partnering with Chef Carl Joshua Nakube to inspire readers with his Carl Can Cook recipe series. The first installment includes sirloin steak with butter, garlic, and thyme, lamb shank with wine, mushrooms, fennel, and potato, and you guessed it, Carl Can Cook beef casserole. Get me a plane ticket to Zimbabwe. That sounds delicious. And that is your casseroles in the news. Listeners, we have with us from Houston, Texas, Chris Shepard on the line. He is a James Beard award-winning chef and restaurant owner. He is also the co-founder of Southern Smoke Foundation. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. You're you're a busy man. How are you holding up? Yeah, no. <laughs> like yeah. everybody, I think. You know, you're trying to figure it out, and when you think you got to figure it out, it changes again. Every day, basically. Uh, by, the, by the hour. By the hour, so yeah. So you now own four restaurants, is that correct? Yes, ma'am. The One Fifth, Georgia James, UB Preserve, and, and Hay Merchant. Merchant. Hay Merchant. So yeah. t- tell me what your business is like at this moment on this day. You've consolidated all of your efforts into into one, is that correct? Yep, yep. Everything's in, well, we call it, so Georgia James and Hay Merchant are connected. Um, so it's like 10,000 square feet. So it's wow. a big location. Holy God, only in Texas. <laughs> you know, I think in Houston, we're socially distanced to begin with because we like to spread out. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's got two kitchens combined with two restaurants. So we're able to do two different crews, four days on, four days off. Okay. Um, we're producing food for uh, curbside pickup, really not any delivery. Um, but then we do HEB, which is our Texas grocery chain. Yeah. And uh, they were super, super kind to reach out to us pretty much within a week of us shutting the restaurants down and saying, hey, do you want to put some food in the grocery stores? And it was like, yeah, of course. Like, how does this work? And so we had to figure that out. But, like, they're paying us dollar for dollar on what we're – we charge 12 bucks in the grocery store. They pay us $12. Like, it's amazing. They're not taking any money. Um, they've now brought on a couple of extra other restaurants to do this as well. It's just trying to find, um, the dishes that work, you know, like right. now, like there's a shortage on the metal containers, like the, the kind of gold line one with the nice pretty top that you can put in the oven and they crisp up perfectly. Mm-hmm. And so like now you're trying to figure out, well, how does this work? You know, what dishes does, how can we make this happen? <laughs> so, uh, like this morning we had, um, a shipment where the tops broke off. So I had to take a new shipment out to them. Um, but you know, we're doing 10 stores and, um, wow. 15, 15, like five different items and anywhere from 150 to per store to, um, I don't know. Uh, there was one day last week where we did three 20, 2,500 items. What was it? Stores. What was it like? I mean, to change your business model overnight. I mean, that's it's an amazing phone call to get from a grocery store, but that's yeah, it not. It's not your uh, standard operating uh, practices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because we did like the goat and dumplings, which was kind of the thing that underbelly. You know, that was the underbelly dish forever. But like, I can't get goats processed fast enough. You know, and so we went to beef and dumplings, and it's like 
because we can do, you know, braised beef and, and it works out perfectly. But it's it's like trying to figure out how how all of it works and, and like delivery and packaging and like what is the guests when they purchase something, when they put it in the oven for 15 minutes, like what does it look like? How does it taste? Is it something that's representative of who we are? Um, which so, is something that if you had planned on entering the grocery market, I imagine you would have hired a food scientist and spent six to 12 months uh, planning all of this. I mean, we created, a, well, we have a bacon sausage that we're, you know, going into production. It's already in production, but for wholesale, but retail, like we want to start doing it. So like that's taken a year. Yeah. And so, um, it, it, it's, 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 it's a challenge for sure to do it in less than five days. Um, and to make it successful is, is, is challenging. And now it's like, well, okay, now we've got five, we've got 10 stores down. We understand that. Well, now how do we access 10 more? Wow. You know, how do we keep growing? And, and you know, so it's, it's a challenge, but it's, how, it's a fun challenge. How many people on your staff have you been able to retain? How many, how many people are, are you responsible for? Uh, well, we had to furlough 170. Roughly, okay. Which was, was it probably worst, a shitty day? Yeah. The worst day of my life. I mean, it was uh, said that it, it felt like someone kept punching me in the nose because that's the only way I could say that my eyes kept watering so much because it was just tears flowing all day. Um, but it was, uh, that was the roughest day of my, my, my existence. And so, um, you know, I always wondered, like, why do I have a 10,000 square foot establishment and why do I have, like, 24 managers well you know what it really pays off now right. um you know everybody took a pay cut and everybody's just hustling and putting food together and it's like sous chefs and chefs just cooking as fast as they can and as much as they can and then you know doing it properly and safely and then you know having front of the house package it all up and then having a delivery driver take it out and so it's um it's crazy you know and the goal is that like we'll be able to keep paying bills and making sure the lights stay on. And that when it comes time, we can bring back every one of our employees. Yeah. Were you able to successfully apply for any of the disaster funding or PPP or all that we kind of were. stuff? Good. Yeah. I have Great. a really, really good business partner that um, basically had everything ready. And, you know, we had multiple banks on the, on the, basically on the line waiting and, you know, it was one of those challenges, like these banks paperwork was this and this bank's paperwork is that. And so if you don't, if you didn't have somebody that was focused on that, if I can imagine how hard that would be. Yeah. Um, Cause some banks were just like, click these three things and you're done. And then there was like one where I had to sign like 50,000 pieces of paper to get it accomplished. And so, yeah, each one of the restaurants was successful in that. And, and um, you know, as of today it got funded. So congratulations. Um, the last, the last one, I mean, it was, you know, once you got the letter that said you were secured. Right before uh, Bruce Chris took all your money. <laughs> that's crazy, right? You know. Yeah, for, listener, know for listeners works. for listeners who don't know, um, small businesses are struggling to get some of these uh, funds from the government, the Paycheck Protection Program, and uh, really large restaurant chains uh, have ended up nabbing significant uh, portions of the funds because- it's a lot of money. They have fewer than 500 employees per Per location is the per, yeah you can do it per caveat. unit right yeah per unit, um, and 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 what are some of the things that you are doing to keep your workers safe right now, uh, which which ultimately is keeping the public safe too. But you know they have they have to come to work. So 
Yeah, you know, it's that's why we do the two teams. Um, and if anybody feels or has a temperature, or cough, or anything, like they don't come in, like automatically. Um, we do the medical system where if it's, you know, if one team goes down, the other team works the rest of the time. And that's right. just it. Um, but everybody's masked up, everybody's gloved up, everybody's, you know, proper sanitation left and right, and just making sure that we're, we're staying healthy and staying clean and, and doing what we have to do to make sure that we get by, you know? Yeah. Now, I mean, this it's so crazy. This is a casserole lifestyle podcast, uh, which which really means everything and obviously nothing. Um, so, you know, the initial thought, so you know, you have casseroles uh, at HEB. They're helping King Ranch, helping you King Ranch. So, I'm not, I, I you know, not from the Southwest, not from Texas. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, never yeah. eaten King Ranch casserole. What yeah. What is it? You thing? know, I don't. I'd only had it once, and I thought, well, we'll do this, and we'll see how it works, and then we'll change it. And apparently we can't change it because people really like that. And it's, it's, man, it's probably our most labor intensive thing, but um, it's, you know, fried tortilla chips. And then like we poach chicken in a very spicy broth. And then we take that broth and we thicken that. And then we add the chicken and cut it back up and then add it to the tortilla chips and cheese. And then you bake it off. That's it. Yeah, pretty much. Ish. Bunch of peppers, onions and yeah. Okay. And it's a, uh, it's 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 really, it sounds easy, but when you have to produce two hundred and fifty of them a day, um, it kind of, yeah, that changes. The, That's a lot the, of chicken. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then yeah, you giant uh, kettles to boil them in, or yeah, uh, big stock pots. Okay. Big stock pots, and then um, we're doing the wagyu burger helper. What? Excuse me. Well, I can't. I don't. We're gonna get a cease and desist for it, but I don't really care. So um, oh yeah, trust. I don't think. I don't think <clears throat> Helper is listening to my podcast. You're gonna be okay. <laughs> well, we've had Lamburger Helper on the menu for a yeah. very long time, and that was kind of the underbelly thing that, um, you know, there was so many different cultures and food that we were trying to promote and trying to promote our city that some people right when we first opened Underbelly like I don't get it. I don't. I don't get this. I don't. I don't no, I need something normal. I was like, you know what? Go across the street to the Kroger, the grocery store, and buy every hamburger helper there is, and then we'll taste them, and we'll we'll find out um, what we like. And uh, what I found out is they're all the same, for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't okay, matter. That's good to know. I don't have to do that taste test. <laughs> no, you don't have to. Um, and so I was like, let's just make a pasta that we can re people can relate to this. Um, and then we'll bake it off and it'll be delicious, cheesy, pasta, meaty, like delicious. And so we were doing Lamburger Helper forever. And then I just decided, you know what, again, we couldn't harvest lamb enough from our farmers. So we had a farmer that had 5,000 pounds basically of ground Wagyu in his wow. freezer. And he's like, I need to move this grind because normally he's going to take it to the farmer's market. And I said, you know what, fine, we'll, we'll just move through it as fast as we can. So that's what we're doing. It's wild you say that. I, I have um, a recipe I use for an, a lamb orzo dish. It's Indian-ish, it, um, and I served it to my dad once. And, and, and I love people who aren't involved in food when they have these moments and of clarity that I don't because I'm looking at all the details all the time. And he said, this, this is Lamberger Helper, Caroline. <laughs> I'm That's like, awesome. damn, dad. Uh, You're but like, I was... busted my ass to do this. Thank you. But he was totally right. Now, did you, did you grow up with casseroles? Was that something that like yeah. you ate? Yeah. 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 I grew up with like hamburger helper and tuna helper and, you know, things like that. I, you know, my mom that we, uh, she was always the, um, 
my, my folks were always the buy a half a cow and put it in the freezer type thing. Oh. So we always had braised meat and like stewy things and casserole things. And, you know, I, I, I love them. You know, it's that one pot of happy. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like when we did one fifth Italian or one fifth Mediterranean, well, Jesus, one fifth romance languages. And it was like handmade pasta. And this and that. And I was like, man, this isn't me. Right. Like, I want baked pasta. I want like, <laughs> give me timpano or yeah, not even that. Like just put some meatballs and, and rigatoni and some sauce and a shitload of cheese and put it in the oven and that's that's what I want to eat. Man, so, I want to cook for you one day. I feel Yeah, like- <laughs> I'm all about that. <laughs> this would be very simpatico. That's yeah. you know, I, I eat high-end food, ate high-end food professionally and that's why this has been so fun is that I'm cooking and eating just like real homey stuff. Absolutely. And that's when it's good, you know. Yeah. And I, I, not to say everything is, is, else isn't good but like sometimes you need a break. You need you need simplicity in your life and deliciousness and like one pot of or one pan of like happy and that's well, in essence what it is it's one pan of happy well i'm 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 glad to see i'm glad to hear that you are as busy and successful as you possibly can be in the in the worst of times and at least figuring it out um also we'll have, out. also have you on today to talk about um your efforts to help people who are not uh doing well and have yeah. absolutely no safety net for them so um Chris also co-founded listeners, as I mentioned uh, at the beginning, Southern Smoke Foundation, and we have intersected. I uh, am on the board of Restaurant Workers Community Foundation. We have been furiously raising funds uh, for the past month and uh, working with, partnered with Southern Smoke because you guys have been doing relief work for three years? years, five years now. So tell me, tell me about the genesis of Southern Smoke Foundation and what is happening right now so uh, short story long I, I we were doing dinners to raise money for culinary scholarships a while back and uh i had this guest psalm come in and do these dinners with me because i didn't want my my psalm slash gm working on his day off because he had two small kids and it's like you need to be with your family and so we did the dinners and then raised enough money to put somebody through college which was cool and then like later on you know, my buddy Antonio came to me and was like, hey, do you want to do these? Are you doing these dinners again? And I said, I, I don't know why. And he said, can we do one for MS research? And I said, well, why? And he, was, and he was like, well, I got diagnosed with MS this week. And I was like, well, that, that's not good. And one dinner isn't going to really do anything. So let me think about it. We'll throw a party. And so I was like, I called Aaron Franklin and Sean Brock and Rodney Scott. And I said, can we do this thing in the back parking lot where we do Texas cuisine and South Carolina cuisine? And, and they said, yeah, of course. And then I went to the mayor's department of special events and said, I need to block off the sidewalks, just the sidewalks. And she was like, what are you doing? I told her and she said, no, we're blocking off all of the streets around you. Jeez, we're going to okay. give you our stage so you can have music you're gonna um here's all the people that can help with the execution fencing and trash and lights and sound and audio like all all this stuff and i was like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. wait what (laughs) you're gonna throw a festival damn it and i was like okay and like Lindsay and i walked out and i was like what just happened and she said i don't i guess we're we're gonna invite some more people i was like i probably should tell these guys um so we went from 200 people to 1,000 people. Okay. And I told the MS Society that I wanted to raise $1,000 for them, and, or $100,000. And 
they kind of laughed at us, but the same people that laughed when I wrote them a check for 181,000 were crying because um, we actually accomplished our goal. And so then year two, we raised 284,000. And year three, Harvey comes through and puts a real dent into our city. And um, I said to everybody, I said, we can't do this for MS this year. We have to figure out a way to take care of our own. We need to figure out a way to take care of folks in, our, in the hospitality industry because there was no application payment for them. It right. was big companies and what have you. And so uh, we figured out a way to work with our little local hospital or community health hospital legacy right next door to have a fund set up where people could apply and the applications in Vietnamese, uh, English, and Spanish. Um, and, and then it went through a verifying committee and then it goes through an awards committee and everything's you know anonymous. But we were able to write 139 checks to individuals for half a million dollars. Wow. And so that was kind of the genesis of it. And we decided, I looked at everybody, I was like, we need to keep this going. This needs to be 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I don't ever want somebody in our, in our, in our industry to feel like they can't make it. That right. I can't, you know, how many GoFundMe campaigns do you see for, for, for cooks or dishwashers who have a health issue, a who get into a car wreck and, and, have, and have nowhere else to go? We live in an industry of, day, of week to week, you know? Right. That's it. And most places, like you said, don't have health insurance. So if you do, like you're lucky, but you know, then it's still like there's so much to deal with outside of that. And so um, I just wanted to make sure that we were there for people. And so um, we've been doing that for about three years now. And and okay. um, and it's really worked out. And so when when the COVID nineteen crisis kind of came on board, uh, we went from two and a half employees to thirty employees. No. But Catherine, is, Catherine is kicking ass. Oh man, I got to do a, <laughs> a, a one of these Zoom things with the entire team yesterday. Okay. And I was like, holy, whoa, you know, like I didn't. Some people I've worked with before, some people I haven't. Like, it was really cool to see and to know that, like, that we were able to employ with the help of of you guys to um to to be able to employ people and give them money for what they're doing, but also for them to have, for folks in our industry to have people that are in our industry to be able to talk to right. so that they could understand the crisis and the problems that they're going through and to be able to help them and walk them through it and make things better for right. them. Right. Everything, everybody um, you've hired has come, has been essentially laid off from their restaurant, yeah, restaurant absolutely. jobs. And now they're, they're acting as counselors and um, to, to guide people through the process. Yeah. And I mean, when we, when we did Harvey in a month and a half, we had, a, a, we had a little under 300 applications. And as of uh, yesterday, I think we're over 20,000 plus Jeez. right now. My number and I was so, going to cite today was 15,000, but that I- No, that we're over 20 now. Now you're over 20. And, um, and, the la and the, again, my last, my, the last number that I've seen was 700,000 in funding, but I assume that's gone up. Uh, it is, yeah, it's gone up. 400 families, I think, 700 and I've, I, I don't know the number right now. Off the top of my head, I saw it this morning. It's like seven hundred forty or seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in the past uh, three weeks. Right. So and these are yeah people who are at risk of being homeless, um, who have yep. severe medical issues, have families and kids, and um, and, it's, and, it's, and that's a and that's a shitty place to be in. Yes. You know. So. Um, especially yes, with us headed headed into recession and jobs jobs and restaurants are not going to fully come back for for months. 
<laughs> shitty to hear that, right? I know. It's, I mean, I think, I think you're better positioned in Houston <clears throat> than we are in New York City, but... Um, nah, we're worse off, actually. I think we're just fun. as bad. Yeah. Yeah, because the oil industry. We're, we're, we're restaurants and oil in Houston. And okay. restaurants, when they come back, we're screwed because of oil. I mean, when it's at 20-something dollars a barrel, we're, we're absolutely in the shits. Right. Because those, so those are your diners and your patrons that's and it. all that stuff. That's it. So, yeah, we got a long ways before we're back to normal. Well, uh, there's obviously a ton, a ton more um, work, a ton more relief efforts that need to be done and a lot of people that need to be taken care of. How can listeners help? What, um, obviously, they can follow Southern Smoke. They can donate if they, if they can. Is there, give, us some, give us some guidance, sir. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because I, like, you know, I'm, I've got a phone call right after this to where like a liquor company wants to talk to me about how they can do something or, or, or a, uh, you know, a cast iron company wants to do a raffle or, or like I have a friend that makes puzzles and, and sells them for money for Southern smoke. And so it's, it's really weird. The, the things people are being very, very creative about how they're starting to fund things. And, um, you know, and, 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 it, it's going to get hard because this affects everybody that collects a paycheck. Right. Right. Um, so I, I tend to say like, you know, I've seen some just really beautiful acts of generosity where, you know, someone may have their job still and not have a payment payroll that's affected. And uh, somebody donate their stimulus check to us. And when you start to see things like that, it's, it's really kind of beautiful. That's just true generosity um, at its core. And so, um, I just tell people, you know, if you if you have a little extra, donate it. Um, but if you need it, apply for it. And, right. and then, you know, if we can do this together, we'll get through this together. And so, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, for long term, rents go a little bit relaxed and bills go a little bit relaxed and let us all come back to where we need to be. And then we'll go full force again. But right now we got to take care of each other and really plan out what does the next year look like? Because to say that we can start to reopen in a month is impossible. Like, I just, I can't see that. Like when's the next yeah. time that you're going to want to go to a, a, a baseball game or a football game or a concert or a festival or, you know, or a crowded dining room or, you know, without having something that's like there, that's a tangible thing where it's like, this is what cures it. Okay, cool. Then right. we're all right. Like then everybody gets a shot and we go on and we move on until this happens again. And hopefully at some point, that um, other states and other places in this country can start to develop the same um, methods that Southern Smoke has, and so that every region has their own thing. That now everybody's just people. coming to you. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. It, it's fine, you know. And it's, yeah, you're and bearing the burden. That's for sure. I mean, we'll take it. You know, yeah. we're set up for it. We're doing it, and that's the thing. And you know, without folks like yourself and you and in RWCF, there you go. I'm gonna get it wrong. RWCF. You know, you guys are a force to be reckoned with. And it's such a beautiful thing. And I appreciate everything that you guys have done and that you will continue to do. Like, and, and just know that, like, we're on the right path. And, and it takes time. And I think some people are going to start to get a little frustrated. But when you start talking about 20,000 applications, just trying to figure out what is, it, what is emergency and what is right. need. Like, there's two, there's, there's two different things. And so... Um, the team is really working day and night trying to get this accomplished. And like yesterday, I, you know, I told you I had a phone call with them all. And I was like, after this phone call, I know that you have so many things that you need to get back to, but I need you to take 15 minutes and go outside and get some fresh air Yeah. and then come back to it. Like get clear your mind because you know, our, our caseworkers are getting like 
they have a lot to deal with. And so we'll get to everybody, but it's going to take time. But, you know, on the average of what we're handing out right now and what we're, grant, what we're granting right now, like I did the rough numbers the other day and we're looking at the need of $38 million. 20,000 applications. Hear that, listeners? Right. $38 right. million. Dollars. Well, and you guys are so, one of the few funds that doesn't cap cap at $1,500 or $500. No. If, if, a mom, if a mom needs three months worth of rent. We're doing it. So that, yeah, so that her kids don't have to go and, into. And we're not paying the landlord. Like, we're giving you the money to be able to deem what you need to do. Right. You need to pay your rent. You need to pay your electricity. You need to pay this. We'll give you the money to cover all of those things. So. It's not like, uh, there's, and, you know, there's a lot of dignity, right? Yeah. I don't want to do this for you. I want you to do it for yourself because you know what you need. And right. the beauty of it is, is that most of these people that I'm looking at their app, like the, the, the things that are going through that are going to vote, folks are not asking for more than they need. No. You know? yeah. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. It's nobody's like, I need to pay this and this and this. I need, I think I need five grand. It's like, no, no, I need $927. Yeah. And it's like, all right, I get that, you know. And so if, if you can come to us and, like, and if you're applying, like, please, please, please have your documentation ready, right? It's on the website. Look at that and have it ready so we can go fast. If, we, if you're going to have to go back and be like, okay, I need to find my documentation for my paychecks and my insurance and this and that, that just puts it a little bit further behind. So come prepared. Get your knees ready. Let's right. go. Get your knees ready. You know, like that we all have to have that stuff because it's not like we can just give money to every single person. It has to be documented so that we're doing it the right way. Right. Um, but just help us out with that. and be patient because we're going as fast as we can. I know. I mean, yeah. And your, your efforts to ramp up and, and to process has been inspiring, but it's only, it has to be crushing for the team because they're dealing with so many humans and so many stories and um and trans and transitioning from from one career to to it you know yeah. pivot pivot is the is the word of the month um yeah. head on a swivel let's go oh i like it. i like head on swivel that's a little a little more violent i like that um <laughs> that's uh, the football days <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean, the, yeah, the, the feeling is mutual. Our, our team could not get money into the hands of folks without you. We don't have the expertise. Um, and we are just so grateful to have you as a partner. I'm thankful for your time today. I'm thankful for no, your thank leadership. You. And, um, and, you know, it, it's, it's wild the way that my life is intersecting with people, whether it's through casseroles or not. I'm working with friends in the nonprofit sector for the first time. Um, and it seems that in crisis, you know, good people are good people and, 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 you know, they all work to come together. So. And we'll get through this together. That's all. I mean, that's all we can do, right? Yeah. Everybody in society has to work hard to make sure we're doing this the right way. Right. And, and make sacrifices. It. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. Like I don't want to go home and sit in my, you know, on my porch like at night, I would take I your porch it. right now. I would take it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, You're looking nice, at my right? entire my entire house in the picture there. <laughs> or sitting at home and like, how do I get groceries and how do I do this? Like that's right. that's a tough that's a tough thing to have to do, you know. But as social humans, like we all want to be with people and like I, I don't know where Zoom came from, but man, I had never used it before this happened, and now it's like that's all I do, yeah. and that's cool. Like. Thank you, Zoom, for making this possible for me to Queen have a Caroline, sponsored yeah. by Zoom. Um. Yeah, right? <laughs> be able to have this conversation, to be able to have a cocktail with a friend, you know, or whatever it may be. 
it's an interesting way of life right now. And I'm not going to say it's the new normal because it's not. Like, no. we'll get back to normal. All right. Well, thank you for your time. Onward and upwards. Yeah. I know you have a million things to do today, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I've, you've, you've been on my lips and in the swirl of things for a month. And I'm glad I can, I can, glad we can zoom together. I can see you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And, uh, you know what? You guys take care of yourselves up there because we got to, together we can do this, but you got to take care of the people around you first. Yep. You know? We, we are. So, no make your neighbors, you know, make sure they're good. I shall. Miss, Miss Norma's doing just fine. <laughs> good, 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 good. Yeah, I right. never like we just moved in this new place, and so I got to meet all my new neighbors, and yeah. they're all really nice. So it's good. All right. Well, talk soon, and have a right. wonderful rest of your afternoon. Bye. Thank you so much. Take care of yourself. All right. Okay. All right, love. It's dinner time. So yeah, no dinner outtake this week with me and Mr. Nicholson. Literally, we were so hungry that we ate the onions and the potato casserole and shoveled into our mouth before I could even think to set up a microphone or a recording device. And then the next day when we ate the leftovers, honestly, they're pretty delicious. There's nothing wrong with the onions. They were just so ugly. I forgot to set up recording device again. You really didn't miss anything. Listeners, we can get through this together. Masks on, hearts open, dinner plates full of casserole. Please take a moment right now, get out your phones, follow Restaurant Workers Community Foundation and Southern Smoke on Instagram. You can find them at RWCFUSA and at Southern Smoke TX. Uh, You're going to want to get updates on fundraising and fund disbursement and all of the great work these two organizations are doing. And as Chris said, donate if you can with whatever you can. We all are going to have to get creative in the days and the months to come. The need is truly great. And I am already steaming up my recording studio, aka my kitchen counter with next week's episode. I promise the casserole outcome will be much tastier, much cuter. Have a great week and keep it creamy. (laughs) 